Hey, Greyhounds fans, thank you for tuning in to the Hounds Huddle podcast, streaming live on moraviansports.com as well as the Greyhound Sports Network. I'm LJ Smith, Assistant Director of Athletic Communications here at Moravian University, and today's guest is head field hockey coach Sarah Dalrymple. We'll sit down and talk to her about her path as a student athlete going all the way to Temple University and even some international play, and then transitioning to the coaching side of things and her career to becoming the head coach of the Moravian University Greyhounds, having their best season to date in program history. So let's get set to meet our guest, head coach Sarah Dalrymple. Thank you again for joining us on the Hounds Huddle podcast as we recap the fall seasons of Moravian University Athletics. First guest of the podcast is head coach Sarah Dalrymple of the Moravian Field Hockey Program. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I didn't realize I was the first guest. Yes, you are the first guest Exciting. of the first ever athletics podcast oh, at man. Moravian. So, very so much pressure. Pressure, <laughs> uh, sure, pressure, but you're used to playing under pressure. Uh, and we'll get to that throughout the show. Just a quick rundown of what we'll talk to Sarah about today uh, how she kind of got involved with the sport of field hockey, making her way to a collegiate athlete playing at Temple University going into her coaching career as an assistant and now ending up as the head coach of Moravian. Uh, so we'll get things underway, starting with that, Sarah, and we'll have you talk about how did you first learn about the sport of field hockey? Uh, yeah, so I am the youngest. I have two older sisters, um, and both of them played field hockey. Both of them played field hockey in college. Um, so I was first introduced, I guess, in elementary school. We had like a local week-long summer camp, but really more in depth when um, I think my oldest sister, Laura, started playing her like in eighth grade. Um, so, and I'm six years younger than her. So that would have put me in like elementary school. So my mom would pick me up and I would go, um, go to my older sister's games. Now at first I will say I did not really pay a whole lot of attention and I was usually playing football on the sidelines with the other younger siblings. Um, but then when I was able to um, I guess when I was in middle school, um, obviously the coaches and everyone kind of knew who I was because I had two older sisters that went through the program. Um, so in fifth and sixth grade, because um, at my school you start in, started in seventh grade, I was the manager um, of the seventh and eighth grade team. So I... I mean, I don't really think I was managing a whole lot. I was literally just practicing every day with them, and I, but I wasn't allowed to obviously play in games. So that's how I kind of started my career um, and was kind of first introduced to hockey. So literally as long as I can remember, it's been a pretty big part of my life. That's incredible. And having it run through the family as well, definitely having that tie mm -hmm. between you and your sisters. Yep, for sure. Uh, you get to high school, and you play throughout middle school, but you get mm -hmm. to high school. What was that experience like for you? And we'll kind of get to this, but were you recruited at a high school? What was that process like for you as well? Um, yeah, so I um, I played in high school um, for us, and honestly for most people back in those times, hockey's really changed and evolved of how the entire like club system and high school system works. Um, so I started playing club in my, I think my, either my like freshman or sophomore year of high school. Um, so that's really where the recruiting 
um, process came from. There weren't any local clubs. So I was driving to like the Hershey Harrisburg area, um, which super thankful for because uh, when I initially started playing, I did not have my license. So my mom was <laughs> was driving me, which was, I mean, it was over an hour away from our house um, several times a week. So she was driving me there. Um, so throughout that, um, and then obviously playing in high school, you kind of go through different, like go to different tournaments. There weren't nearly as many as there are now. Um, and that's where I, yeah, that's where I was recruited and kind of found, Oh, I guess the other side of it. So my old, the, my middle sister, she played at LaSalle. Um, and when she was at LaSalle, they actually had a grass field. So most of their, um, most of their games were played at Temple. Um, so pretty much, so that's their home games were played at Temple and they were practicing there. So that's how I was introduced to Temple because I was going to watch her games there. Um, so that's really where that, um, just the interest in Temple came from, and then it all kind of fell together. So you were, were you recruited as a goalie, or were you a field player prior to that? I was recruited as a field player. <laughs> um, a So a pretty interesting situation, um, and it doesn't really happen to many people, obviously. So when I was younger, I really wanted to play in goal. Um, but like I mentioned, two older sisters, I had been playing hockey, playing on the field, for ages um and i had expressed to my high school coaches that i had an interest in playing in goal and they pretty much just thought i was crazy because why would you put one of the people that actually knows what's going on on the field in goal um so i played pretty much pretty much most of my high school career um on the field there were a few like i went to camps um when i was younger um, as a goalkeeper, and there were a few times that I played in goal. Um, but then I, so I, I committed and I signed my NLI to go to Temple. Um, two days after that, I was in a car accident. Um, and from that, which is on a, like a blessing in disguise, from that, um, I broke my ankle and had two surgeries on it. Um, but then, so going into my first preseason at Temple, I actually wasn't cleared to play. So I didn't have all of those like preseason scaries that everyone has going into their first year of college because I didn't really have to worry about it too much. Like I wasn't running when I first Mm -hmm. got there. Um, and then two days before preseason started, the second string goalkeeper on the team quit. So I pretty much knew that I wasn't going to be on the field my freshman year because I wasn't even cleared to run during preseason. Um, And then my coach called and asked if I would mind coming back in goal because they didn't – it's pretty risky to kind of go through a season with only one goalkeeper, and then you also don't necessarily want other teams to know that you only have one keeper, Um, despite the fact we only had one keeper this year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was doing a lot of crossing my fingers, (laughs) um, hoping that something didn't happen. Um, So, I mean, I said yes because I – why wouldn't I? Um, And then – I was given the choice, um, I guess, the end of my freshman year, whether I wanted to continue to play in goal um, or to switch back to the field because they needed to know from, like, recruiting purposes. Mm. Um, And then I chose to play – I chose to keep playing in goal because I didn't think that I – I had actually another ankle surgery – after that again because I still wasn't able to like fully run fully move as well as I wanted to be able to and I don't think I didn't think that I would be able to be the best that I could be on the field so I chose to stay in goal um 
And then, yeah, within two years, I was the starting goalkeeper and playing on the developmental squad with, like, the national team players. So that was pretty nuts. Yeah, just going from (laughs) an injury that you thought was going to keep you from your potential Mm -hmm. and just unlocking a completely different realm of you becoming a goalkeeper at Temple. Yeah, it was honestly, to look back, it's such a, I mean, it's an interesting experience. Not many people... Um, obviously have switched that position. And yeah, I mean, it's nothing that I ever would have expected. Yeah. A couple stats here. So you were a five-year student athlete at Temple. Uh, You served as the team captain your final two seasons. Mm -hmm. You started in every game your last two seasons as well, wearing cherry and white for Temple, Uh, playing 2,974 minutes in 42 games, starting all 42 games and made 204 saves, which is absolutely incredible to think about, just that stat alone. What are some of your favorite memories as you reflect on that? Um, I think in general, just the entire experience. Um, I think of how close I like how close of a team we were. Um, it didn't matter what class you were in, what grade you were in, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, I think back about, and I talk honestly a lot about it with the recruiting process here, like, I think back to my experience and my like my best friends now were my college teammates. Um, and I think everything that you're doing on a ev- like day to day basis, you're going through with them. So I think that there's I think it's it's a it's a good bond to have because like, sure, you can describe it to others, but they're the only ones that truly, truly know what it feels like and are going with going through um, it with you. So you, you finish your career at Temple, mm-hmm. and you just alluded to uh, playing internationally. You're playing in the Atlantic 10 Conference, D1 institution, and now you're playing internationally. Was there a difference that you noticed from being a D1 athlete to playing against internationals? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the game was so incredibly faster. Um, I think it's interesting. I was actually talking to one of my, um, former Lafayette athletes this past week and she, um, she actually just made the Canadian senior team and just started training with them. Um, and I, we were talking about it. I was like, it is, it's a different game. It's so much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and like every single shot was a shot that was in the corner. Absolutely nothing was right at me. Um, and there were different skills that you could, I think that you could get away with in the college game that you absolutely can't get away with in the high school, or sorry, in the international game. Um, because you, if your timing is off, if you're a second too slow, like it, they will take advantage of it and they are going to, yep, they are going to be scoring goals. So I think recognizing that, and I think the biggest thing was just being conscious and aware of that um so you do have to change your style of play a little bit um and then obviously just getting getting used to the pace i it is so 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 much faster so where where did you end up traveling to with with the team um so i only ever traveled um honestly out to california so it's when the u.s team was based in california um Mm -hmm. they were training at the olympic training center in chula vista um so we were um we, I trained out there with a team. Um, we did, we actually did like some Navy SEALs um, work out in Coronado, um, which was also an incredible experience and probably the, some of the hardest workouts I've ever done in my <laughs> yeah. entire life. Not probably, definitely <laughs> some of the <laughs> hardest workouts I've done in my entire life. Um, and then we also played a series against Canada when I was out there as well. 
That's so cool. <laughs> that is, that's incredible. So you 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 finish your pro- collegiate professional mm-hmm. playing career, and when did you transition into the coaching side of things? My first coaching job at Longwood was immediately out of college. Okay. So um, I had transition, and I was on the indoor national team at that point. Um, but I was, yeah, I was hired at Longwood right after, um, right after I graduated. I think I start graduated in May, started in June, um, which obviously playing for the U S gave me a lot, an opportunity and gave, and so I'm definitely obviously grateful for that and grateful to have had a position right out of college. Um, so, but I was able to play indoor and also, um, and also be coaching full-time in the fall because most I mean no one it's not a full-time yeah to play for the indoor team or the outdoor team at that point okay uh so you start at Longwood University you head to Hofstra Mm -hmm. you spend some time there and then your most recent assistant coaching job was at Lafayette College correct so just a couple miles away from from Bethlehem here tell me about what your experiences were like as an assistant coach that helped you kind of move into your role now yeah. Um, I think for me, all of the, all of the institutions were very different, uh, and also then different from the experience that I had as a player. So I think that for me, it gave me a good understanding, I think from the recruiting side of just how different institutions are, are ran. So there were some programs that were fully funded, some programs that weren't, um, there were program, I mean, Temple has close to 20, 000, over 20,000 people. Hofstra has close to 10. Longwood's smaller. Lafayette's smaller. So you see the different, just the different sides of it. Some are public, some are private, that sort of thing. So I think it gave me a lot of versatility and understanding as much as anyone can how higher ed actually works and yeah. functions and how it can be um, different in different places. And then also from the hockey side of things, um, just competing in different conferences, getting to know how different teams are playing, um, different areas of the country, obviously, and that sort of thing. So I think it gave me an opportunity, one, to be able to work with a lot of different types of student athletes, um, uh, play against a lot of different types of teams, different conferences. Um, and then even just taking each head coaches, um, like coaching styles, preparation styles, and just kind of dipping in a little bit to those to see what's taking away some of the things that I thought worked best, that sort of thing. Starting to create your own type of mm-hmm. coaching philosophy. Yeah, philosophy, style. style, culture, seeing what I want to want to bring over into my own program. So during your time still coaching at Lafayette, you were also doing some other things. So you were the goalkeeping mm-hmm. goalkeepers coach for uh, the USA field hockey junior high performance teams in Lanca- uh, Lancaster. I'm yep. sorry if I say that incorrectly. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll get it from, from <laughs> Bryn. Uh, so at a La- uh, Lancaster. Uh, what was that experience like working with a, a variety of ages? Yeah. Because so it, it, it is different. It is. Um, I would say the biggest difference is that you are working with the best players in those age groups. So, and every single player on those teams are 
strong players. So yes, I was specifically working with the goalkeepers, um, which also is a great opportunity because a lot of them have different styles. Um, they're also really, really great with feedback and information. You can tell a little bit of a difference to see which of the players, because some of them are still in high school, some of them were college goalkeepers, some of them were on the developmental squad. So they were at different kind of phases of their career. Um, and then with that, honestly, even just having the opportunity to work with quite literally the some of like the best goalkeeper coaches in the country and my mentors is obviously a great opportunity there as well. So um, it was overall, I mean, it's a really, really fun experience and just seeing that level of play. Um, and then also it's nice to see when you're following the U.S. teams, following um, whether it's the senior team or the junior teams, um, a lot of the players that I've coached go on end up being on the senior team or – they are playing for a national championship, that sort of thing. So it's fun to be able to watch those players in other facets as well. And have that kind of personal connection to them, yep. seeing them succeed. Not, yeah. not like you're taking credit for oh, it, but like <laughs> by no means. Being, a, being <laughs> able to see that you contributed to their process mm -hmm. yeah. is, it must feel rewarding. Yeah, no, it's, it is definitely rewarding and it's, I would say, equally as fun. Um, so it is, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really rewarding experience. You mentioned mentors mm -hmm. as you transitioned into your first head coaching job, who really helped you kind of get to this point in your career? Um, I think the, I mean, all of the coaches that I've worked for, um, like I mentioned, I've definitely, whether it's been having direct conversations with them or just taking taking pieces of my experience, um, obviously then taking pieces of my own experience as a student athlete because that was where I was at uh, the longest amount of time being that I took five years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I think just taking a little bit of all of that. So, I mean, I definitely have to, my head coach, Amanda Janney, um, has been incredible as someone that I still, um, still talk to. Um, and then even as recent as, I mean, Jennifer Stone, I, I mean, I worked with her for four seasons. Um, she is a constant, constant student of the game. Um, she is incredible in her organization, practice planning, like from the behind the scenes things of coaching. Um, and I've taken a lot of that into, um, into what I do on a regular basis. Cause it's also what I know best. Yeah. Um, and the most recent. So I definitely, um, have to give her a lot of credit for that. Um, and she's definitely taught me a lot, um, over the, the seasons that I worked with her as well. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing all of these stories from all the way from being in elementary school mm -hmm. <laughs> to most recent being an assistant coach at Lafayette. Uh, we'll take a short break and reconvene as we start talking about your ten your short tenure here, <laughs> but uh, your experiences as the Moravian head coach of the field hockey team. Are you looking to get your hands on Moravian University Greyhounds gear? Head over to moraviansports.com and click the link sideline store under the tab fan zone to find our Moravian apparel store. Each month, there is a promotion that offers a discount to all things Greyhounds from hats, hoodies, shirts, and more. Head to the Moravian Athletic Sideline Store today, powered by BSN Sports. And welcome back. Thank you for joining us on the Hound Subtle Podcast with my first guest 
podcast ever, Sarah Dalrymple, the head Moravian field hockey coach here. Uh, we just spent some time talking about your youth and going through your assistant coaching tenure, but now you finally get your first head coaching job here at Moravian College, now university, and a global pandemic hits. <laughs> So let's talk about what that experience was like taking over a program during such a difficult and confusing time. Um, yeah, so I think honestly for me, because I it was my first head coaching experience, I think that I probably would have had a different reaction or like a different expectation if it wasn't my first head coaching experience. Um, but because it was, I, it's almost like I didn't really know any different. Um, so I would say take, I mean, I was, I started two weeks before the pandemic started. Um, my first true team meeting with the team was telling them that they were going to go home for the semester. (laughs) So, um, that was definitely an interesting and a bit of a challenging experience, obviously. Um, but I, at the same time, I mean, it's what literally everyone in the country and in the world was going through. Um, so I think I was able to keep that into perspective. Um, And then did a lot of focusing on getting to know each player. So having individual Zoom meetings um, and then also just trying to work on, I mean, changing the culture of the program a bit and getting getting everyone so we're on the same page, working towards the same things um, and same goals. So I think I really treated that as like a get to know you type of um, type of time period versus a um, really like the X's and O's of hockey. Well, and I think that's one of the only things you could have done is because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're sitting there via Zoom at, at yeah. that point just trying to get to know your team. And yep. It's hard to find personality of mm-hmm. your student-athletes from through a computer screen. So having that extra time to kind of be like, this is who I am. Let's learn about you, but also let's figure out how we can come together as a team. Yeah. Especially with it being your first head coaching job. You don't know any different yet, yep. but you also are trying to figure it out on the fly at this point something no one's ever had to deal with yeah yeah it was definitely I mean like it was definitely interesting um but at the same time I think looking back I think it probably worked out the best that it could have and I think the time that we had together as a team both the periods of time when we were away from campus but then last year being back on campus but having only the spring like the spring traditional games um and not having a fall I think for us it went I mean at the best that it, it could, could have, have gone for us. So um, so I think that we were able to use that time productively, and I felt comfortable because stepping onto the field for our first game, I really felt like I had a grasp of who every individual on the team was, and I am certain that I would not have felt like that um, had we really start. I mean, had we had a traditional fall in the start of 2020. So when you – Get to your spring non-traditional games. You have scrimmages against Landmark Conference mm-hmm. opponents. What was it like for, for your squad to step out on the field and finally face someone else other than themselves? Because they haven't played a game in forever. Yeah. Obviously, these games are still scrimmages, but just to see other faces and go up against other competition within the conference. Yeah, I think, I mean, everyone was really, really excited about it. Um, I think a little bit for me and also for them, like, it was fun to go into a game without having any sort of expectations because it was also the first game that they're playing under under me, under yeah. our coach, our, the new coaching staff. So um, it was a lot of new experiences. Um, obviously, they hadn't played true games in a while, that sort of thing as well. Um, and it's not like we were scrimmaging full field against each other because 
we didn't have the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so I think it was, it was really exciting. Um, I know the team was really, really exciting, excited for it. And I think that they were most excited to see, really see what we were working on, um, be able to translate into a game and see how that was going to be different from how they've played before, what was the same, that sort of thing. So you step on the sideline for your first collegiate head coaching game against the sales. Mm -hmm. What was going through your head? Energy, anxiousness, because now there's an expectation. Uh -huh. You, you want to win a game, and it's this first time these sophomores are stepping on the field. Mm -hmm in a collegiate game. So what, what, what was the vibe in the, in the locker room between you, you and the team? Yeah, I think once again, everyone was just really excited to be able to play. Um, they know that we were able to kind of, that we've put in the work. Um, they stepped on the field, had a plan. Um, unfortunately, we were missing two players um, from our midfield for that game because it was postponed and was supposed to be the day before, and they weren't able to um, come due to conflicts. But um, so I think that that side of it wasn't obviously ideal, but at the mm -hmm. same time, everyone was just really excited to get out into the field, um, especially after seeing success in their spring games. Um, we didn't get the outcome that we wanted, but at the same time, um, I think that it was a good game to kind of step out because they always, they always play to sales first. Yeah. Um, so they, it's been a tradition. I don't play them first again next year, that sort of thing. So it's mm -hmm. always, they've always opened up with them. So I think that they are, um, that the team was definitely excited and a little antsy to, to get out onto the field and play. So you play your first game. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned, obviously, not the, the outcome you wanted, but then the team rattles off four straight victories. What, what was that experience like? Like You earned your first uh, win as a head coach. You, you go on and you earn four straight victories and then suffer a heartbreaking loss to a landmark conference opponent mm -hmm. to open the year. But then... You go on a 10-game winning streak, setting like shattering the school record, including big wins over a ranked Susquehanna squad, which got goosebumps thinking about it again, <laughs> and then take down Scranton, which we knew that's always going to be a game circled on our schedule, and then even outside of conference, a regional game against Ramapo. So all of these big wins coming in such a long span of a 10-game winning streak. Did you notice... Or did you feel the magnitude of what was going on? Yeah, I think I think I still don't fully grasp it because once again, it's been my only experience yeah. here. Um, and even just to think about it and look back on the experience and what the fall looked like, um, I, I mean, you kind of have to go into it like yes you have expectation but at the mm. same time you have an expectation and I feel like you're still just flying a little bit blind in there mm -hmm. um especially I think for myself because I I hadn't ever coached in division three either so you usually have like a pretty good grasp of the opponents you're playing against and obviously you do your scouting and that sort of thing but at the same time because you have anyone that's scouting is especially the first half of the season like what games from 2019 yeah. um so teams have fully changed um and so it's been I don't know I still feel like you were almost riding like a little bit blind going into it yeah. um but it just I mean even reflecting back thinking about it it was this season exceeded any expectation I had um 
And I think, I mean, it was just, it was a lot of fun. I think the team had a lot of fun. I mean, you mentioned breaking records. Like I, we, I mean, we've gathered and kind of listed the things that we've accomplished this season. And I mean, it's like a list of 20, like yeah. 20 different, like either records or firsts or having the most conference, all conference players. Like the, mm -hmm. it is one after the other, after the other. And I think it has been so incredibly rewarding to see. And I, and I think, and I know that it has for the team as well, because I mean, we've talked about it in our individual meetings and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but so incredibly rewarding to see that type of success come from the work that they are putting in um, because it is it is 100% the team. It's the work that they're putting in on the field, off of the field, the culture of the program, the work that they put in to get to know each other throughout the pandemic. Um, they're all working for each other and to be able to see that pay off and to be able to, I guess, for me, I'm grateful even to be a part of it, um, to just to be able to have that overall experience. I mean, never in my entire hockey career, like literally starting in middle school, have I ever only lost three games in a season, yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, to have that as my first head coaching experience, I would have never in my, like, wildest dreams thought of that. <laughs> that and setting the bar relatively high for yourself <laughs> yeah, after yeah, your first too. season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but... <laughs> All of those impressive feats, we, we could sit here and we've talked about them at length of how well the team's done with record-breaking. Uh, like you mentioned, all-conference, Ava Edwards comes to mind, Offensive mm -hmm. Player of the Year, also earning NFHCA All-Region. Uh, it's, it's incredible to see what your squad has done under your direction of two years, one season on the field. Mm -hmm. But you're only graduating two. <laughs> So what does that say to the, what we can look forward to to the future of this program? Yeah, I mean, I not I think. I mean, I'm excited. I'm really excited for next season. I'm excited for this spring. Um, I know the team is really, really excited. Um, I think that we have we have a lot of leadership in every single class um, from the – this junior's going to be seniors. I mean, Mackenzie Jacobson was a junior captain, captain. this year, so we have her returning. Um, and then there, I mean, there's, like I mentioned, there's leadership in every single class, even going down to, and I think a really high amount of contribution from every single class. Because if you look at our two leading goal scores, one was a senior, the other one was a freshman. Um, so there's been so much contribution, and there's, the team is extremely close. Mm -hmm. um, so I, they are very excited. Um, and even, I mean, sitting down in our individual meetings, none of the, the sophomores or the first years have obviously been through a traditional spring season. And then I'm talking to them about like the next time we'll be together as a team. And they're like, I'm sorry, wait, we, we, yeah. we're not practicing until March. Yeah. Like as a group with everyone there and coaches like yeah. what? <laughs> um, so I know that they're really excited to get after it. And I think, I mean, I think everyone's excited um, including people that aren't necessarily directly involved in the program. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's for, I mean, being, being a Moravian graduate and my wife playing in the program obviously hits home mm -hmm. a, a lot being a supporter of Moravian and, and, and this program itself. But seeing the progression since I've been around has been astounding. And the fact that we have 
I say we, you and the, and the team have built just in one season. You can season. say we. You yeah, can okay. say we. <laughs> the, the, the seed, the, pro, the progress that has just come in your two years here, just how can you not be excited of what the future holds? And the, the fact that Ava Edwards, Emily Brandt, the two seniors that were on the team this year, they've seen everything from coaching changes, all, all the whole thing, playing through a pandemic, to having one of the best seasons that they couldn't have even imagined mm-hmm. of talking to Ava and Emily. It's, it's amazing to see and hear their perspective. Yeah. But the fact that you had freshmen, sophomore, juniors contributing across the field is just amazing to see the camaraderie that this team has built for themselves, mm-hmm. for you, for this university is, is incredible to be a part of. Just, it's a palpable energy yeah. any, every time they've stepped out on the field. So it's, I don't even know. It's like overwhelming, I think, is the easiest way to put it. Yeah, I, I would say definitely because and I it's something that I honestly can't even think about on a day to day basis because I like I just get that excited. And then I'm like, Sarah, you got to pump the brakes. We got to <laughs> pump the brakes. We've got a lot of time here. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is exciting. Immediately after the season, I think, is the time that I kind of struggle the most with. And that's whether I was an assistant or um, even now as a head coach, because the, the thing that I'm constantly thinking about is, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I have to wait like a whole oh, year, year <laughs> yeah. to do this again. Like a whole a whole year. Like that's a – it always goes by extremely fast. Yeah. But – like, that's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. And I, yeah. Especially for as fast as the fall felt yeah. it went. Yeah, for sure. So I just, and hosting a, a playoff game, which making your first playoff appearance since 1987, mm-hmm. the first time in the Landmark Conference, a feat. It was so much fun to be a part of. And being in the position that I am, being able to cover all of the sports, it's it's unique to see sport by sport Mm -hmm. and be a part of that and and how the team takes to everyone yeah um so just it's so exciting yeah the year you had and i think so and i feel like i mean you mentioned 1987 so um our equipment manager asked me in the beginning of this or like right before preseason was starting what i wanted the locker room code to be um and i think when I initially told the team they kind of looked at me like I was crazy, but I, I mean, we made it 1987 because that was the last time that they had made it to a conference, a conference playoff game. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure um, that that's something that was in their mind every time that they step foot. Um, Because there were definitely times, especially in the beginning of the season um, that they, I knew the potential that they had, um, but they were, they had no idea the potential that they truly had or the, uh, and the amount of success that they had the t- potential to reach. I think as the games were kind of going on and that sort of thing, win after win, they were like, uh, well, like after a certain point, this doesn't really, yeah. this doesn't become a coincidence anymore. I think that that's something like they, like I said, they thought when I made the locker room code in 1987, I think all of them looked at me, they're like, uh, what, why? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that even just having that on their mind and making sure that we have a competitive environment, um, is, is I think what has also led us to um, to have that level of success as well. A little bit of subliminal messaging yeah, going on yep. with that locker room code. I, I like that. <laughs> and it's definitely evident with your squad, the way they bought in, mm-hmm. and not just for themselves, but it's bigger than them. Yeah. And having that understanding is just remarkable. Yeah. 
Well, Sarah, thank you so much for spending time with me this afternoon recording the first ever episode of the Hounds Huddle podcast. Very fortunate to have you as my first guest. Appreciate everything you've done so far and look forward to what the future of Moravian Field Hockey has to come. Uh, thank you so much, LJ. It was my pleasure. Awesome. What an interview that was with head field hockey coach, Sarah Dalrymple. I am so excited I had the opportunity to sit down and reflect on the past season, as well as learn about her journey to becoming the field hockey head coach of the Greyhounds. Be sure to follow the field hockey squad on social media at Moravian FH on Instagram and Twitter and Moravian University Field Hockey on Facebook. And if you haven't already, go ahead and follow Moravian University Athletics as well on all social media platforms. That's all I have for you on this episode of the Hounds Huddle podcast. Until next time, I am LJ Smith, signing off.